The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. An article came across my desk the other day. It's from a, uh, a site that I sign up to and I get a daily email. It's from, uh, it's called Interesting Engineering. Yeah, I know. It's a little odd maybe for me to be have uh, signed up for a daily email from Interesting Engineering, but I do. And and this article was talking about social distancing and the need to hunker down and stay home and limit interaction. And it talked about being confined in one spot and it turned to the pros to find out how they dealt with it. And the pros in this case astronauts. So we thought we'd dial up Canada's pro when it comes to this. Chris Hadfield is a retired astronaut, engineer, a retired RCAF fighter pilot, and the first Canadian to walk in space. You know that he has flown two space shuttle missions and served as the commander of the International Space Station. And Chris Hadfield joins us this afternoon. Chris, welcome to the show. Jay Lynn, it's nice to be talking with you again. Hey, did I see that you're in self-isolation right now? Well, hopefully everybody in the country is, um, to some degree. Uh, it's not a great time to be uh, joining in with large <laughs> groups of people. But uh, no, I, I'm uh, I'm healthy and my family's healthy, but we're trying okay. to be very respectful and not spread anything around. Uh, very interesting. So curious to know, um, one of the things that you had said on your Twitter account, and you say during a lot of your presentations, that the best antidote for fear is competence and knowing what to do. And I've seen kids ask you over and over again, weren't you afraid when the shuttle was taking off? Or weren't you afraid um, to do these different things? And you say exactly that. And you're saying that in this case, it applies just as well. Well, it sure does. Whenever I'm faced with anything in life, Jaylen, I, I think the first thing to understand is what are the threats? What are the dangers? You know, how is this an existential or, or a threat to, to me and my family and my objectives? And But if you don't even know what the threats are, then all you've really got available to you is fear, like sort of a blind, um, panicky, unfounded, gray fear of things. And, and you're not liable to take the right action if you don't even know what the actual threat is. So whether you're you're on board a spaceship or, or flying a CF-18, or if you're dealing with, with a global pandemic, the first step has to be uh, understanding what the threats are, what the actual risks are, and the factors to, to myself and to others, so that then you can start taking subsequent steps. So that is learning and educating yourself about what's going on. Yeah, and there's a tremendous amount of noise on uh, social media and everywhere right now, but there's also some really clear, interesting, um, actual, factual information that's coming from authorities. And it's worth taking a little time and going through that. And, and we've got, luckily enough in Canada, we weren't the, the cutting edge on this. We didn't have to just guess our way through it. China's been through a huge wave of it. Uh, Iran and uh, Italy are, have been through some really wicked parts of it. And we can look at what, what we know, how this behaves, how it grows exponentially, how it's passed on, and then what steps we can take individually, uh, as a family, as a town, and collectively as, as a country and a people to, uh, to try and minimize the, the overall negative impacts of it. And so for me, step one, know what the threats are. And then two is define what your objectives are look at the limitations and then and then decide on your next actions and, and that, that works for everything even something as as uh, you know as huge as covid-19 
I, um, when I was um, when this news article came across, and I thought, oh, it's interesting. I'm going to see if uh, maybe Chris Hadfield could join us. There was um, there was a list of things that said, you know, that outlined what astronauts do to to deal with isolation. But then I was on your Twitter page as well, and you had um, told folks who had asked questions about the fact that you have a two week quarantine before launch to keep the International Space Station healthy, and then that full body alcohol wipe down. Can you tell us about a two-week crew quarantine, that process to get ready to go to the space station? Yeah, quarantine is uh, really important physically, of course. It's also good psychologically. It gives you a chance to focus like a lot of Canadians are getting right now. But um, the space station is a very rare place, and you sure wouldn't want to bring even a common cold up there or some sort of you know, contagious skin rash or or some sort of digestive, you know, uh, dysentery or something horrible. <laughs> and so we've learned the hard way um, because, you know, spaceflight was just invented within my lifetime that you have, it, it is to your advantage to have the crew uh, essentially socially distant, uh, self-isolate, whatever you can call it, a quarantine for uh, a week or two before launch. And that way, even if somebody caught a cold, it will have run its course, and, and we'll know for sure that we're launching for the spaceship healthy. And then, as you mentioned, Jalen, especially in Russia, we actually do a full-body rubbing alcohol wipe down just to make sure that there wasn't any any sort of spores or anything on this which which in russia in the winter time can be, can be a little bit cold, like 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 edmonton tonight it's going to be a cold night <laughs> do they prepare you to for quarantine or like how how going into a two-week quarantine if you've never done a two-week quarantine before what was going through your mind or does it all go back to competence well i think a large part is uh you roll right back to objective number one and that is know your threats focus on what is the actual threat to your to the things that are important to you don't just worry i mean people in quarantine astronauts in quarantine they're not worried at all what they're focusing on is what are the next things that are actually or, or possibly going to happen and use the time available to get as ready for them as you can. Do, do the research, understand what you're doing. And in our case, of course, we're focusing on, we're about to fly a rocket ship, the most dangerous thing I've ever done. You know, I was a test pilot. The most dangerous thing I've ever done in my life is, is to pilot uh, a space shuttle, or I, I was a mission specialist, but to be part of the flight crew of a space shuttle. And there's, there's 10,000 things that can go wrong during a shuttle launch. But you are intrinsically involved with almost all of them, and you can make things better by being prepared. And so we use quarantine, just just like a lot of Canadians are right now, to educate ourselves, to figure out, okay, what's actually going on, and what are the actual threats? And then how can I change my own behaviors to protect myself and my family and the, and the people and things that are important to me? Exactly the same as what astronauts do before a space launch. Chris Hadfield joining me this afternoon as we talk about isolation. Now, if I remember correctly, I think the number is you've spent a total of 146 days in space. I think it's more. I, I don't, you know, I didn't is count it? them, but someone someone told me it's like 166. <laughs> I think so. Okay, just, just a little, little under half a year. 
Okay. Um, and one of the the things on this list, talk about dealing with it. And I and I think at times when you think of places like the space station, that um, it's it's very small. Maybe you're packed in there with other people, and it could seem very crowded at times, but also very very lonely at times. So how did you deal with that? I'm still going to go back to competence, but you did deal with it in numerous different ways because you showed us how you dealt with with it, like things like playing a musical instrument by staying connection with your Twitter account. I mean, was that a part of making sure that that isolation wasn't weighing on you if it does or is it just a was it a way to make the time go by well sure Jalen I think the two things you just mentioned the sense of confinement and the sense of loneliness those are both actually psychological they're not physical Um, essentially we are all alone and we're all confined you know, it, it's just a matter of how you set your own psychological boundaries of, of what, what's normal for you. But on board a spaceship, j- just like if you walk outside in Edmonton and look up, it's infinite. You know, they're, they're, you're surrounded by infinity. And, and the loneliness, I, I mean, the loneliest, loneliest people I've ever met live in the middle of cities. Mm-hmm. I've never met a lonely farmer. So, so to me, it's not it's not physical proximity that keeps you from being lonely. It's how engaged you are in the life that you're living, and and so everybody in Canada right now is, I think, is hopefully shifting their pattern a little to to uh, limit their interaction with with people they don't know, and you know, try and draw into family and friends a little bit. But um, that that means you're now surrounded by family and friends more than normal. So. So take that as a plus, you know, here's a, and I did with my crew on board a spaceship, just like I'm with my family now. It's a, it's a great opportunity to, to support those other people, to really get to know them, to do something magnificent together. This is a great time to, to do a project together that you haven't had time to do before. But mostly it's, it's a psychological shift and, and change is hard, especially when there's sort of an unknown fear out there. But if, if you can get to the facts of the threat, and then think about what you're trying to accomplish, and then make an effort to, to revel in the company that's around you. That's, it made, I mean, in the movies, spaceflight seems so grim and sad. I don't know why. Spaceflight is magnificent and fun. You're connected to the whole world just because it's there out your window. And, and so, uh, so I, I think uh, the attitude that you bring into it, the, the way that you interact with the people around you, and the, the purposes that you give to yourself each day, they're enormously important in, in uh, the psychological health that you have. One of the other things that they had mentioned was talking about your stressors. And you talked about, yeah, the fact that some of us are with our families. Maybe we're in some tight confines or we're going to be dealing a lot more, you know, with the folks that we're spending the next few weeks with. Um, did you talk about your stressors on the space station? Like, how does that work? A lot of the military folks that I know, not necessarily great at opening up. I know that's changing, but talking about stressors could be a challenge. For sure, I think it's important. Uh, it, you don't want to dwell on them. I mean, you don't want to turn into Hamlet here and, and you know just <laughs> talk yourself into a, into horrible depression. Just recognize that the circumstances have changed. You are not in Kansas anymore. You know, you're on board a spaceship. Great. Okay. So, what what does success look like now? You know, what are what is if today goes perfectly, what will success have been? 
And and these are the players that we have to get there. And my wife and I were talking about it today. This is a big disruption in our normal lives. And mm-hmm. but so I mean that that that's not necessarily a negative. It, it's a matter of how how are we going to deal with this together as a group of people. And it's it's just like on board a spaceship. It's wildly imperfect, and everybody has a grumpier day, or and you need to make different allowances for people. Um, I think when you talk about military people maybe not being great at opening up, that that's okay. You don't need to, to constantly pour your, your transient emotions and, and fears onto other people. I mean, a little bit of calm and reserve that, that comes from understanding the threat is healthy for the whole group. But at the same time, don't, don't let things bottle up that, that you can't handle on your own. There's always somebody there to help, someone else to talk to. You just have to take the initiative. And on board a spaceship, we talk to each other every evening. Whenever anybody's got a problem, we, we ask for help. And we have ready supply of, of help on the phone. We can call a psych, psychiatrist or a psychologist or back to mission control or whomever. And, and if you look historically, we've actually never been in a better position to deal with the pandemic than we are right now. The the virtual ability to, to lead a full life, the uh, the stuff that's mm-hmm. at all our fingertips, access to the whole world through through uh, television and through social media and through the internet is unprecedented. We're not just locked in a room with three books and stuck there for weeks at a time. <laughs> so so I think it, you know, everybody in Canada could sign up for an online course or, or start learning the words of another language or, mm-hmm. you know, take advantage of this opportunity. Don't just focus. I mean, take absolutely pay attention to the threats. And do the right thing and take care of people that need help. But that's not the only part of it. There are other parts of it as well. Chris, before I let you go, I'm just looking over. I'm broadcasting now live from uh, my home office. deep southwest Edmonton I look over and I see a guitar sitting in the corner of my office and thinking you know music you talk about learning a different language all of these things that we can do what would be your number one tip to deal with long-term isolation or isolation or what what we're going through here for the next couple of weeks months um, two people can take a walk down, uh, down the same path and, and they will notice entirely different things even though the path is exactly the same. And and it sort of just comes from your own attitude and, and your own desire to, to be observant within your own life. And, and my counsel to people would be um, that there are, gonna, there, there are horrific things happening, like always in the world, but there are also magnificent things happening, and, and COVID doesn't radically change that. Pay attention to the important stuff, but don't miss all the little beautiful, funny things I mean, my granddaughter is here with us now, or she isn't normally, and it's a big pain, of course, having a four-year-old running around, but it's also <laughs> terrific. And and if you just um, stop enforcing my regular stricture of rules onto this phase of life and try and notice the, the beautiful things as spring is coming across Canada, um, and it, it can, you know, you, you don't want to let the negatives overwhelm your whole life. There are always positives no matter what. And, and there's going to be a bunch of those too. So so don't miss them. Chris, uh, I want to thank you for joining me. It was good to hear your voice again. And I look forward to seeing you in person sometime in the future. As, as soon as the airlines will let us. Like, thanks very much. Okay. Nice to talk with you. <laughs> yeah, nice to talk with you. Thank you so much. Colonel Chris Hadfield joining us this afternoon, talking about isolation. Someone who knows it quite well as, as an astronaut spending over 160 days in space.